Welcome to the Carpenter Queens podcast, coming to you live from the employee bathroom at the TCQ video store, where you can pick up the best and worst in horror for only 69 cents a day. Welcome, fellow queeros. We've been trying to contact you about your car's extended warranty. My name is Nicholas. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm that hard to reach pimple on your back. Raymond. It's so gross. You're so gross. (laughs) That's so gross. You're so foul. Hi, everybody. Welcome in. I hope you didn't turn off the episode because you were so grossed out. I know there are plenty of pimple popping fetish people on here, so don't shame them. Pimple popping p- peppers by Ooh. pepper. Yeah. Think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome. It is our 13th episode, which is very Ooh. fitting. Ooh, Ooh. Spooky. I did not catch that. <laughs> I hope everyone enjoyed last week's episode. Um, I was sufficiently high and I had a freaking blast with last week's episode. <laughs> last week's episode was one for the bucks. It was Stony Baloney. I don't think I've ever been that toasty on the pod before. Oh, I know. Uh, I'm glad that we were able to get at least like 45 minutes of usable material. <laughs> <after that session>. <laughs> <laughs> but how's life, whore? What have you been up to? How was your 420? What's the 411? What's everybody listening to? What's the hot new gossip? <laughs> um, uh, uh, It's good. Life is good. Life's getting better, I should say. Um, We're fully vaxxed now, Richard and I. Uh. So we're hopefully starting to like creep somewhat into a normal life. Um, so we're planning some future trips. And you injected with the hot new vax. Um, we got the hot beef injection. Let's <laughs> mm-hmm. so do it. But I'm so happy to hear that you guys are back. You are vaxxed. It means it's one step closer to me seeing you again because we haven't seen each yes. other in almost a year and a half. I want to say more than that because it's been since pre-COVID since pre-COVID, I've seen you like in person. Last, I think 2019 August was the last time I saw you. So yeah, it's been a so it's long been a time. Minute. The girls need to get together and go crazy. Ooh, go crazy, <laughs> go wild. How <laughs> was 420? 420 was great. Um, other than our infamous episode, we were pretty toasty. We just stayed in all day and watched Stoner movies. We ended up watching Scary Movie 4 of all of them because we hadn't seen Ew. it in a really long time. Actually, it's not that bad. It's definitely not the worst of the series. Which one's um, 4? What happened? Is that the village one? Yeah, the village one. I only remember that and- because Brenda saved that movie. <laughs> the, doesn't she save almost every movie <laughs> I mean well okay hold on so I'm gonna p- put a pause on that because one of the stars in Scary Movie Anna Ferris. we watched The Hot Chick over the weekend with my dad <gasps> Yes, I still love that movie but it is horrible it is so a uh, product oh, yeah. of its time early 2000s mm-hmm. but 
I forget that during that time period, Anna Ferris, when she was in Scary Movie, she acts with her mouth open. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like whether she's happy or sad, she's just like, uh-huh. or scared or surprised. <laughs> yeah. her, she like acts with her mouth open and or just- sleeping. <laughs> it's so uh, i love anna paris do not get me wrong but like that time chunk she like all i remember is her you could almost see the whites completely around her eyes because her eyes are so big and she acts like she's (laughs) trying to catch flies yeah everything is very over the top for her which apparently is wide-eyed and wide mouth (laughs) it works it got it got her the check and that's all that matters exactly but yeah we watched some like old favorites and just got stony baloney and he ordered us some really cute 420 themed chocolate dip strawberries from another like were those medicated no they weren't they were they were normal just like chocolate dip strawberries he said he wanted some normal snacks because he knew we were going to be high as shit with all the edibles and um we were smoking um but they were really good and where they were literally down the street from where we picked up the edibles for sweet d but yeah that was our 420 how did you spend yours uh my 420 funny enough i was i actually was editing the 420 episode (laughs) a good (laughs) portion of 420 but that did not stop me from being extremely stoned out of my gourd i whipped out the the bong again uh bongarella is her new name yes (laughs) uh and but at night is where i went and popped off i don't know how many gummies I ate, I have these gummies by Coda. They make theirs with like CO2 oil, which just makes them super horrific for me. One of them tastes like cherry cola. Oh, the other one My is- pussy tastes <laughs> like cherry cola. She says uh, Pepsi cola, but I wanna fit it. Yeah, we got it, we got it to work. And then the other one was a mango chile. So of course Ooh. I had to try that one. It is, uh, it was good, uh, but like I'm a Mexican, so when I yeah, eat, so it's like I, white people <laughs> mango chile. Yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't tell you how many I popped, but it was maybe close to like fifty to sixty because I am tiny, <gasps> m- mighty, and I need a lot of edibles to get my fucking bussy going. Facts. But four twenty was it was chill. I I prefer for a chill four twenty. Mm-hmm. But we're stoned all the time anyway. 420 is just an excuse for us to be like, oh my God, we're getting high for a special occasion. We're also recluse, so we wouldn't want to spend it with anybody anyways. I have no mind staying home. Like when the pandemic fully hit and everyone's like, oh my God, I got to stay inside. I was like, oh my God, I get Thank to stay God. inside. <laughs> right? And not like everybody's inside. I don't have to hear nobody. I don't have to see nobody. It was perfect. But that was at the very beginning, and then the illusion was shattered, and then it became cast away. And I'm over here making fucking Wilsons out of whatever I can. (laughs) Wilson! Bongarella now has a face on her just so I can chat with her whenever I'm getting stoned out of my gourd. (laughs) We're going to move on to the Slice News update. We have super cool stuff to talk about. I'm actually super stoked to talk about at least one of these things the trailer for the conjuring three the devil made me do it it dropped it dropped and like the rest of the horror community i freaked we're out gagged. we're gagged we're gagged gagarama gagatrandra gagatandra bitch i am a huge fan of the conjuring series we've talked about it it's multiple times the original conjuring series and none of the spinoffs are great but the original Conjuring series is amazing. It's one mm. of the few modern horror movies that genuinely horrifies me. And not just like jump scares either, but like horrifying storylines, 
mm -hmm. imagery, mm -hmm. everything, bitch. It's just so well done, and I'm so excited for this third installment. How do you feel about this new... So I was reading up on it on Bloody Disgusting, and of they course. had... Of course, they had interviewed the director, and apparently, they're. This is supposed to be more of an intense conjuring, and it, it's going to places that are going to be darker. And you know how they are. You, you got to mm -hmm. up the ante. It's the third one. But for me, when I read that, I was like, "Oh, um, has it not been intense already? Because <laughs> the the past two movies are so, like you said, so fucking well done. But to the point where it's just." It's fascinating to watch, and I don't know why. I do not know why. For myself, The Conjuring is one of those movies that I kind of forget of for a split second, and then when it pops back up on my radar, I'm just like, ah! Oh my god! Oh, I love Conjuring. I love it. Yeah. I, I think because it's... The Conjuring isn't doing anything new, but what it is doing is it's taking what's already been done and like elevating it and like turning up the volume mm -hmm. and like throw like sprinkling in little nuggets of like maybe something more modern like this darkness mm -hmm. that i feel like because it feels like a 1980s like poltergasm haunted house feel like we've we've been to mm -hmm. these places before we know what these houses look like but mm -hmm. it is elevating it to a space where it both grounded and to a point of like fantasticalism. That's not a word. Is that? mm -hmm. That's not a word. No, but I get I I get what you're saying. Like it's it's so it's it's a great balance of being grounded in reality, but giving the like fantasy of mm -hmm. like an actual exorcism. Like it's to this like fantasy realm, and I think it's in part to James Wan, who directed the first two, and and Lee Wan L. Lee one l and I'm a little nervous because it is being passed on to a different director, so there is going to be a tonal mm -hmm. change, but that does, that should be expected from every single iteration that you watch. But Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson are the anchor to this series, and I'm mm -hmm. so excited to see them again. And I would absolutely go to the theaters to see this again. I know it's coming out in June, so it's right around the corner, so I'm debating on it. I still don't feel comfortable, but this mm -hmm. is one of those movies that I'm like, oh... I want to see that on the big screen. Yeah, it's definitely something that I feel should be experienced in the movie theater because a lot, I feel like a lot of people will dismiss sound design or oh, really man. good sound, and especially for horror, you kind of mm -hmm. need you need it to be loud, bitch. It needs it's to be one, loud. It's one of the main pillars you have to stand on. If your sound mm -hmm. design is not good for a horror movie, then it's not scary. But like you said, I'm so, like the pillars are vera and patrick i'm so excited mm -hmm. to have them back because they are i My really Gail, vera i crushes it vera always kills it but always. patrick i didn't really peg him for being <sighs> such a great actor like he don't get me wrong he's done like i love him in hard candy and there was really? like, a couple of other things that i've seen him in oh uh little children and watchmen but anyways he's got really great performances so when i when he was in the conjuring like Ooh, he blew me under the water, and now he's super daddy, and I just like I can't wait to see Ghost Hunt and Zaddy. Ugh, mm -hmm. so excited! I love Patrick Wilson. I'm gonna go on a very quick tangent because I am a homosexual. When <laughs> I was a teen, I went to a Broadway theater camp, and he was one of the teachers there. And bitch, <gasps> my teenage self didn't know what to do. That's the man. That's the man. <laughs> what year was this? 
2009. Okay. So he had, okay. I think he had just on Watchmen. Little children had already been done. I already knew him Ooh. from Hard Candy. I was mm. obsessed with him because he's an amazing Broadway performer. But I will never forget it because he came in with the tightest blue shirt and bitch. Every queer in that auditorium was, they weren't, you know, standing, but they were definitely giving him a standing ovation. <laughs> <laughs> and it was theater camp. So, you know, all those queens were like, <gasps> Oh themselves. Bitch, it was the best day. I'll never forget it. He's so hot. And if you are listening in some way, shape, or form, call me. <laughs> Anyways, moving on from someone's sex dreams. <laughs> so it looks like Lionsgate is developing an American Psycho series. Originally directed by Mary Harren in 2000, which was groundbreaking. Hello, mm-hmm. female director. It's with um, arguably one of the best 2000 films to come out because that mm-hmm. movie still frightens me to this day. It's so, like, campy. Uh, Lionsgate television chairman Kevin Begg stated that they're in the works for a TV series based around the film, possibly even a Saw series. I'm going to say no to Saw. I'm crossing that bitch off. I don't mm-hmm. want to call her. I'm very on the still on the fence for the new, what's it called? Spiral movie mm-hmm. but i can i can dig an american psycho tv series like that yeah. sounds like an interesting format i could if i could see them doing like hopefully just a limited series i don't want multiple that's all i need seasons that's, yeah i just need a one-off uh-huh. um but i could see them doing maybe like an origin story not origins like i don't want his childhood yeah i'm just saying maybe from around the first time of his first kill like how he came around to become a serial killer and then maybe explore like maybe lead up until the point where the movie begins that'd Mm -hmm. be pretty fun i'd be pretty down i'm also kind of over origin stories even though i can't say anything because i just read a new article on the cruella movie coming out and i'm so Uh no one says that but yes i think yeah, I would be down for a prequel, but I would actually prefer to see them try to do the novelization, even though the novel is intense. And mm-hmm. But I think that in a format of a TV series would be fucking cool. I agree. I'd be down for either. Mm-hmm. Next up on our Slice News update, it looks like Deadline reported Justin Simeon, who directed Dear White People and Bad Hair, just came on board as director of a new Haunted Mansion movie. Uh, Also attached is Katie Diphold, who wrote Ghostbusters, the 2016 iteration, to write the script. I'm not going to lie. I'm tentatively keeping my eye on this one. I'm interested. Um, (laughs) I hate the Eddie Murphy one. And I know you like it, <gasps> but I, I do not like it. I think it's boring. I did not care for it. So I'm excited to see what they come up with. Not a joke, just a fact. I'm excited to see what they're going to come up with. I like both of those people. Even I still liked Ghostbusters. It got so much flack. It got so much I flack know. when it came out. It was wildly undeserved in my opinion. I went to see that in the theaters. I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. I know you own it on Blu-ray. I do. Yeah, go off, sis. But I'm excited to see what, like, what they could bring to this. And, like, the Haunted Mansion deserves to be seen in some way, shape, or format. It is my favorite mm-hmm. ride at Disneyland. I love what they did with the Pirates of the Caribbean series, even mm-hmm. though it's drawn the fuck out and just let it mm-hmm. die already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> He's already dead. But this is cool. I do like the Eddie Murphy version, but I definitely keenly aware that that is nostalgia glasses because that came out when i was a kid so mm-hmm. I, 
I like it for that reason. But this is cool. I am so down. If we're going to be doing all of these new movies, this I would love to see. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. I'm going to keep my eye on it because I'm, I'm peaked. I'm interested. We are going to move on to this week's movie. I am excited to talk about this box office bomb. It, I chose this the movie. The DeSoto case, I'm, we know. <laughs> I'm going to take blame for this one because I, I felt like we needed to finish April off with a fizzling bang. We talked with an about- an April Fool's joke. <laughs> Joke's on you. Uh, we already talked about this duo of director and writer mm-hmm. once this month, and it was very fun to talk about that wild Weinstein train wreck. And we get to talk about another wild Weinstein train wreck. Listeners, this week we're going to be talking about Cursed from 2005, directed by Wes Craven and written by Kevin Williamson. the other night things are happening things i can't explain ellie what's wrong just having a really bad day can i help last night a young woman was attacked and killed regular dog something's wrong the only way you can break the curse is to kill the person who started it all oh i'm sorry i didn't mean to scare you i just i needed to talk to you Currently streaming on Maxco. You can rent or buy on Amazon, Google Play, and YouTube. Watch it on YouTube. Don't don't pay for it. I rent it on Amazon. Just watch the fucking commercials. <laughs> Unless you're that impatient. I don't know. Maybe it's worth the three dollars. For twenty, what you smoking? All right. So for this week's movie, I got pretty toasty. I usually start off with like a little bowl of whatever I have on hand, um, and then I usually like. Um, take a few puffs on my pen throughout the movie and I got some new cartridges and this week I smoked on my king pen it's a Ooh. hybrid and this is banana sherbet Ooh, that sounds fucking yummy mm-hmm. it's pretty tasty oh and it's got CBD in it too 3.4 milligrams I love that you're surprised by that you're like oh look at that I didn't even know that a plus because I don't give no fucks about CBD give me all the THC Shwido how strong is it uh pretty strong like is that like depending on how many hits i take it'll hit me like if i'm just trying to chill i'll take like two or three puffs and i'll be good mm-hmm. but if i'm trying to like forget the awful that memory of titty. Movie, then i took like 10 puffs <laughs> fuck off <laughs> fuck off this week thank you so much for asking <laughs> A bitch is low. So I just mashed up a bunch of my stuff. Okay, when I say low, I don't mean like, oh my God, I've got two nugs left. What am I gonna do? I mean more along the lines of like, I have half an ounce left. And for me, that's that's low. 
So I just mashed up <laughs> a bunch of stuff, much like this movie that just got mashed to fucking pieces. Mm-hmm. I am ready to dive in to the cursed, 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 cursed film because this movie likes to say that fucking word so many times. How are you enjoying your curse, cursey? <laughs> Cursed was released February 25th, 2005, with a runtime of 97 minutes, 99 minutes if you have the wonderful, extended, unrated version. Uh, Taglines. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Horrible tagline. (laughs) Have you ever felt like you're not human anymore? Also, horrible. The evolution of the species. Also, does it make sense? Horrible (laughs) taglines. None of those were good. None of those were good. None of those were good. Those are really bad taglines. Really bad. I break down, directed by the infamous Wes Craven, written Mm -hmm. by Kevin Williamson, starring a pretty not too bad fucking stacked cast. If I do say so. I know. And we'll talk about it, but this cast was pretty, it was almost double this, what we had originally had, but due to some wonderful fucking involvement from the Weinstein company, that Mm -hmm. didn't end up happening. We have Christina Ritchie as Ellie, who Stan, Christina Ritchie, I'm so happy we're finally able to talk about her on the pod. Love. Jesse Eisenberg as Jimmy. It's Jesse Eisenberg playing Jesse Eisenberg, but we also have <laughs> yeah. Joshua Jackson as Jake. I don't want to wait for lives to be over. You know what's funny? John was watching this movie with me, and when Joshua Jackson popped up, they were like, "I." Every time that person popped up, they look like Ian McGregor's like younger but older brother. <laughs> Hello there. And now that they said Shame. that, I can't I can't see it any you other way. See it. Nope. Uh running at the cast, Milo Ventimiglia as Bo. Oh, uh, come through, Jess from Gilmore Girls. Please come through me. Oh wow. Uh coming up is Judy our queen, Judy Greer, as Joni. Uh, the only good person in this whole fucking movie. Literally. <laughs> literally. Uh, the saving grace, if you will, to this movie. Quite honestly. Um, also starring Scott Bayo as Scott Bayo. And I just say, I was pretty gagged to see him in Were this movie. You? Absolutely no reason. There was Absolutely no reason to no have him in this movie. Well, was Scott Bayo, do you remember that reality TV show? What was that called? With a whole bunch of reality stars like living in a house together. Oh, the, the surreal life. The surreal life. Was he on the surreal life? He Probably. had a TV show, didn't he? I think he did. I think he, I want to say it was he had like, like he. I want to say he had like a dating reality show where like he was like a or like a Tila Tequila shot at love type of deal business. <laughs> well, because this was the early two thousands where there was a ridiculous amount of trashy fucking reality. And movies. I watched every single one of them. Every single episode. <laughs> every single episode. But it's so odd. I found it so odd that he was in this movie. I don't think anyone now, especially, would know who the fuck Scott Bayo is. Oh fuck no! None of these little zillennials or whatever the fuck this generation's called would know <laughs> who the fuck Scott Bayo was. I don't. What was he from? Who's the boss? Right. Yeah, wasn't it Joni Loves Chachi? Sure. I don't even know. That's not even my generation. That's older than me, bitch. I know. I'm surprised he was in this. And I'm surprised that we're supposed to be like... Ooh, we're, Yeah, we're going to get into it. We also have Christina Anapu. Oh, Lord. 
that's what it looks like to me. Sorry if we're mispronouncing your name. Yeah. Uh, As Brooke, who is literally nothing character. Shannon Elizabeth as Becky. Maya as Jenny. And Portia de Rossi as Zella. I was actually kind of gagged to see Shannon Elizabeth because I love Shannon Elizabeth. She underutilized Mm -hmm. Scream Queen that like Mm -hmm. never got the recognition she deserved. For real. And she knows what kind of actress she is. And she knows what kind of movies she's in. So just let her do her thing. Special effects makeup originally, and we will dive into it, by Rick mm-hmm. Baker, but it moved to Greg Nicotero, Greg Nicotero. Both heavyweights at different time periods. I don't know if Greg Nicotero was as famous he was at not, this point yet. Yeah. No, he was not quite the powerhouse he is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously, Rick Baker was a huge Fuck, name by this dude. point. I was going to say Henry and the Hendersons, obvi. (laughs) (laughs) Half of our listeners maybe know what Henry and the Hendersons are. But we will get into the fucking horrible atrocity that happened with that. Uh, Reviews. If you want to call it that. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Reviews. IMDb gave it a 5 out of 10. And Metacritic gave it a 31 out of 100. Yeesh. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 60, or excuse me, 16% on the tomato meter and an audience score of 30%. Not the best scores. Honestly, for, they're a lot higher not than a... I thought they were going to be. <laughs> <laughs> for real, these are pretty generous for this box office bomb. Speaking of box office. Box office came in at $29 million, And that was pretty horrible. How do I say that? Horrible. Horrible? Some bullshit. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't go to school for no Japanese. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. So let's move into the production, which is going to be the meat and bones of this episode. Meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes. Thank you. It's going to be the meat and potatoes of this episode. So we've talked about the same exact group of people in our Scream 4 episode, which is so fascinating to talk about because Scream 4, in my opinion, is, of course, a far better movie than what Mm -hmm. we got here with Cursed. How convenient is that? Wow. How convenient is fucking that? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna call a spade a spade. It's because of the Weinsteins that we got all of this fucking bullshit that happened. 100%. 100%. And we've already addressed it. They're already horrible, monstrous people. We, mm-hmm. And we're going to move on from that, but just continuously keep talking about them being fucking assholes. Yeah, unfortunately, they are going to be a, a significant part of this episode only because them putting this in this production caused us to like derail horribly and gave us the mess that we know today. Because, so originally, the script was written by Kevin Williamson and was completed around August of 2000. Uh, By Mm. 2002, Bob Weinstein announced that Cursed would reinvent the werewolf genre and stating Craven would come on to direct. So, uh, with this statement, it was also intended for an August release of 2003. It's very important to keep these dates in mind because we're Mm -hmm. talking about a wild fucking ride. But... The original script, which is available online, and I've seen a few bits and pieces and pieced together what we had. Uh, originally, we were going to have a core cast of three. Cast was Christina Ritchie, Chris, uh, Christina Ritchie, Skeet Ulrich, and Jesse Eisenberg. And this, the plot revolved around three strangers brought together due to a car accident in the Hollywood Hills, and eventually leading to like a werewolf attack and them involving and all this other stuff. Clap if you care. Clap if you, clap if you care. 
I wish we could have seen what that movie was going to be. Because this movie that we ended up with doesn't even feel like a Wes Craven flick. It doesn't even feel like a Williamson script. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is a monster that evolved out of this mess. Yeah, it's really unfortunate because when you think of the names Craven and Williamson, especially together, you're like, oh, that works. That's going to be amazing. That's synonymous with amazing work. It was not. It was no almost unwatchable <laughs> and <laughs> it really it but like you said it really it does not feel like their work it doesn't no. look like their work there's a couple of lines here and there where i'm just like that made me laugh or it was something mm-hmm. that was funny that i could see it was like oh that was kevin williams you know there's like glimmers glimmers mm-hmm. in there. nuggets nuggets, nuggets of kevin mm. williamson in there mm. and crunchy almost nothing of wes craven honestly no. <sighs> okay so originally the character names were ellie hudson Vince Winston and Jimmy Myers, which all felt very Williamson names, by the way. <laughs> but the, with the original plot, they began shooting in March of 2003 in Los Angeles on a budget of roughly 38 million, which still isn't good if they had kept that original script because 38 million didn't even recoup at the 29 million Mm-mm. at the box office. Uh, but they shot at very famous Hollywood locations from film and TV. They shot at the Sunnydale High from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, West Beverly High from Beverly Hills, 90210, and a lot of the special effects, which were originally done by Rick Baker. They were shot in Winnipeg, Canada. Um, If anyone can see it, I'll try and link it on this week's episode. The original character designs were amazing. They were total Rick Baker. And Mm -hmm. I wish I could have seen that type of cut because I'm sure it would have been gruesome and delicious. I wish, I wish, I wish that we could see what Rick Baker really had in mind and Mm -hmm. what Wes really had in mind and what Kevin Williamson really had in mind, but we shall never know. Look, she's crying. Do you hear her crying? Like we care. I don't give a- So in come the Weinsteins. Uh, Late spring, early summer of 2003. At this point in production, about 90% of the film had already been shot. And unhappy with what was being done, the wine scenes demanded a rewrite and reshooting of practically everything. (laughs) What What the actual Like, what is it? I, this is what I hate about the film industry and the politics of it all, because in order to get your film made or distributed to like the audience that you are catering to most of the time you need to sign a deal with the devil like a production company like literal devil yes and and they want to butt their big noses in on your creative flow and your ideas and your themes and what they think the audience is going to want. And we've already touched on this, so I'm not going to get into this whole debacle about the fucking Weinsteins. But, but production what's... companies love to come in and do this shit. That's what's so fucking unfortunate with this situation. Because at this point, 2003, where we're shooting, which, by the way, we like we said, 90% of this was done and we're set to release in October of 2003. But by fucking mm-hmm. early summer, you're saying, I want to cut everything. That's your... You're just being inhuman. And the only reason being was that Weinstein didn't like it. That's it. Bob didn't want it. That's the only fucking reason. And that is just ridiculous. But I felt it feels like, I mean, it's just a pattern because the Weinsteins were known for doing this multiple times with all of their movies. It was done in Scream. Uh, If we recall that Weinstein almost wanted Craven kicked off until he saw the first 20 minutes of that first Mm -hmm. scene and then he understood what was going on. This always happens and I hate that this happens. 
Yeah, that's exactly what happened, actually. They had to film that whole first series and they ran to the studio really quick and cut it together so that we had something to show the Weinsteins. We're like, look, this is what we're doing. And then they were able to see his vision. And it's unfortunate that like, Wes Craven was already a major director at that point. So it's unfortunate that someone like known and is established in the industry that had to prove themselves to some know nothing producer. But I digress. We're just popping off this because we hate the Weinsteins and they're awful people. But they're all they're obviously responsible for what happened to this movie. Yeah, this unfortunate fucking accident. Uh, so production was stalled for Williamson to rewrite the script. But unfortunately, at this time, he was also working on his uber successful series finale of Dawson's Creek, which is just awesome that we ended up getting Joshua Jackson <laughs> in this movie. But a few weeks uh, a few, what was meant to be two weeks turned to four weeks, four weeks turned to three months, and all of a sudden things just kept getting pushed back. But because of the production stalling and the script rewrites, many, 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 many of the cast members could not return due to scheduling conflicts, which I don't blame any of them. We're talking about the end of 2003 when they're hoping to start filming again and they're telling you, oh, hey, come back. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. D- fuck off. I'm Mandy Moore. I'm going to go film Saved. Jesus. He loves you. You don't know first thing about love. I am filled with Christ's love. God. Oh, thank God. Thank God. <laughs> but it's crazy how much of the cast like ended up dropping out of the film because of the debacle, like the fucking buffoonery that was going on in this production. What does Latrice say? Romper room fuckery. And that is not what I came here to do. That was the night the lights went out in Brooklyn. <laughs> You're so stupid. But the cast included, you want to go off this? Because this stack, this cast is stacked. This is a stacked cast. And not only that, it would have been a crazy, like, reunion of, mm-hmm. a, like, an entire scream, like, on screen, behind the screen, and in the script. So it would have been people who dropped out, Skeet Ulrich. Who was a whole main character. Mm-hmm. Literally, the mm-hmm. main character, Skeet Roach, was it? Whatever. Mandy Moore, Omar Epps, Eliana oh. Douglas, Heather Langenkamp. Heather Bitch. Mother Langenkamp. For those of you who don't know who she is, that you is Nancy. Who she is. Right? Yeah, Nancy, Nancy from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the original. Scott Foley, Robert Forster, and rounding out the cast is the one and only Corey motherfucking Feldman. That is, that is, th- this cast sounds amazing. I know not all of them are going to be main characters. Ex- I mean, except Skeet, but everyone else had a role to play. Mandy was originally meant to play Maya's character, and Maya had to come on in for the Jenny character because Mandy couldn't, couldn't fucking do it. But I love that they swapped out one hot pop star for another. <laughs> oh, I know. How many members are we talking about? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We're talking about eight cast members that you just cut. Some of them had already filmed. Some of them hadn't filmed yet. Yeah. But like this is this is it, but it's, like it's so unfortunate. Had already filmed a good majority, if not all of the film. So that means you had to go back and reshoot everything. Yeah. They ended up reshooting a ridiculous amount. There was an interview with Jesse Eisenberg, once again, on Bloody Disgusting, where he, they had talked about where 
the maybe the only things that they ended up using was 20% of what they had originally shot. And we're talking like a car rolling down a hill, this like going through a window. So like yeah. nothing had to be reshot. Cause if you have a whole main character that you're fully dropping out of your whole story, everything has to be restructured. And that should have been assigned to everybody that this was going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mama, this is garbage. Well, a famous, not so famous, it's kind of unfortunate, for, segment of this movie, because of the delays and the constant rewrites, originally, Christina Ritchie's character, Ellie, she worked at the Late Late Show with Craig Kilborn, and he even made an appearance. But by the time the movie was released, he was replaced by Craig Ferguson. So it didn't even mm-hmm. matter. <laughs> and by BT Dubs, I didn't even know who Craig Kilborn was. I apologize. I'm just not that white. I think he's, is he white or, well, what, I think he's like a British uh, TV host because Craig Ferguson is also British. Sure. So I think that's why no. we don't know them. Yeah, I didn't know, that. this is ridiculous. So after all of the rewrites and all of the recastings, filming resumed in December of 2003, well past the date of the October window that we we're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, without Rick Baker's excellent werewolf designs. The scenes were deleted and replaced with digital uh, special effects by K&B. And bitch, it shows. It really does. And what also sucks is because Rick left the original design, gone, bye. And that's where Greg Nicotero comes in. And I feel like Greg probably didn't have enough time to build all the things he needed. Because the werewolf practical effects we get, I'm sorry guys, they're so bad. They're so fucking bad. <laughs> it looks like something you would see like at a year-round haunted house. I was thinking the same thing. They look like all tea, all shade. They look like the costumes that they use at the Universal like studios mm-hmm. all year round. Uh-huh. Like special effects stage. Or some oh, bullshit yeah. like or that. They're like there was also House of Horrors that we had here for a couple of years. It was running very much that same energy. Ish. It was uh, I'm sorry, guys. So all of this happened and filming resumed. I believe 40 additional days were tacked on for this. Sh- That's a whole other movie. You just shot a whole other movie within those mm-hmm. 40 days. <sighs> okay. Did you guys absorb that? Do you guys feel good about that? Guess what, bitch? There's the more. But wait, there's more. Hang on to your seat, baby. Cause this one's a screamer. Weinstein was still not happy with the ending and demanded reshoots on top of these other reshoots, particularly the ending that he was not happy with. Uh, like, here, bitch, let me lap another one onto you. And another one. And another one. You know what? Let's just scrap. By this point, I would have been like, just shelve the movie. Like, like we've just, already thrown so much money into this pit. Like, just fucking scrap it. None of it's going to make sense because the finale doesn't make sense. And like, so the original ending was meant to be done at the conclude at Tinsel, but of course they tacked on this whole other fucking fight scene at the house. And it's just, I don't what? understand. I, don't <laughs> I thought the movie was over. And then I was like, oh, there's more. <laughs> so mid 2004, two more additional reshoots were done while the movie is still scheduled for a October 2004 release window. Uh, they, I, I don't understand this. Like, I understand that productions need to make their money back and everything. When you rush some something, it's going to look and feel rushed. Very much like this movie. Oh, absolutely. There's so many things about this that just don't make sense. Things that are cut. Things that ju- are just... I feel like they added it in there because they're like, we need to do this. But this... 
uh, fuck the Weinsteins is all I'm gonna say. Because <laughs> just when you think like that can't be done because these reshoots were done. And by the way, they ended up making t-shirts for the additional reshoots and they were titled Cursed Four, Back from the Dead. <laughs> and I loved that the crew was like, listen, we know this is shit, but we got to laugh about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's very much reminds me of the, when they shot the finale for Scream, the crew also made shirts for, I think it was scene 118, I believe, that was so long. Mm -hmm. It and was a 20 day shoot. Something like that. It was insane. So we got 90% of the film done. We shot that down, did additional reshoots, restructured the whole script, got rid of pretty much half the cast, did all these additional shootings, got rid of Rick fucking Baker and replaced it with horrible digital special effects. Mm -hmm. Just when you thought it was over, the Weinstein decided, nope, I want more. See me, see more. So by fall of 2004, after all of this, Bob Weinstein demands the original shot, originally intended to be shot for an R rating to be cut down to a PG-13 movie. Just to try and get a wider audience. And anytime this happens, this fucks with your flow, man. It fucks, it fucks with the juice. It's just, it does. It, it definitely, like, it fucks with the flow of the movie. Like, mm -hmm. one thing leads into another, and I feel like if some scenes are too gory, they either have to cut them sooner, or they have to, like, move this, or they have to cut scenes entirely, or do reshoots, and it's just a hot mess, and it shows. Like, it it's really, like... It's a hot mess. It fucking... <laughs> it is. It's awful. I agree. I've had it. And I'm... You know what I've had? It. It. Editing is extremely important for the filmmaking process. It can set a whole new tone from something that he had filmed. So I can only imagine what the fuck they had cut and all of this bullshit. Multiple things were just cut out. Like Jenny's death in the elevator was originally meant to be extremely gory to a point where like her belly was being ripped out. Oh, Jesus. The only way that you would know about it is if you read the Fangoria issue about Curse because it's not even included in the R-rated version of this movie. So who knows where this cuts at? There's even been talks of a quote unquote craven like cut of this movie. And it does, I don't think it exists in any way, shape, or form. 90% of it was shot, so it wouldn't even make sense anyway. And with yeah. Raven's passing, we're never gonna get it. But it, it's fascinating to talk about because we just got the Snyder cut for on HBO Max. And that's a, that's a four hour trek. So if we were to get that original Craven cut with that original script with all three of the original titles i feel like we probably would have gotten a way stronger movie i hope we could have gotten a way stronger movie anything would have been better than what we got in honesty but <laughs> i agree i think had we kept like the original cast and everything and craven's ideas and kevin williams script it would have been a far better film it would have because williamson's script has already proven that he can write for other genres. We have Scream, the slasher genre, but we also have The Faculty, which is a wonderful take on the invasion of the body snatchers. Yes, I fucking love The Faculty. It's so good. And so I would have loved to seen their version of a werewolf flick. That's exactly what I wrote in my notes. I'm like, this is Kevin Williamson's version of a werewolf movie. Oh, absolutely. I watched the behind the scenes on this movie and I felt so bad for this cast because you can tell there's a fucking like, knife in their back like say something nice say something nice they're just like yeah this is gonna be a reinvention of the werewolf series it's witty it's meta i was like you guys are just saying stuff about scream and just replacing it with curse <laughs> <laughs> that is our horribly horrendous 
production history because once this movie was out this movie's bad guys like this movie's bad there are nuggets in there that work for me and there's nuggets in there i'm like oh this what could have been but the weinsteins fucking put their fucking noses in it again and we got a a cursed film (laughs) literally and and Craven wasn't happy with it. And oh, I'm sure no. Kevin Williamson was at it. Like Craven was very vocal about his disdain for this film. And in my research, I found this uh, quote from the New York Post where they did an interview with Craven and the interview asked, is, um, I forgot what they were talking about, but he said, is that what happened with Cursed? And Craven is quoted as saying, I'm very disappointed with Cursed. The contract called for us to make an R-rated film uh, excuse me, make an R-rated film, we did. It was a very difficult process. Then it was basically taken away from us and cut to PG-13 and ruined it. It was two years of very difficult work and almost 100 days of shooting of various versions. Ugh. Then at the very end, it was chopped up and the studio thought that they could make more with the PG-13 movie and trashed it. We were writing while we were shooting. It wasn't ready to film. We rewrote, recast, and had two major reshoots. It went on and on and on. God. After a while, I regretted it. It was called Curse because it was Curse. It was just chopped <laughs> up and it was awful. I thought it was completely disrespectful and it hurt them, the studio too. And it was like they shot themselves in the foot with the shotgun. Not a nice thing. Holy crap. Holy crap. Yeah. Almost all of the main core cast has come out to say something. But ah, Jesus fucking Christ. Like this movie is literally like just... Uh, a stew of like we're gonna throw this in there we're gonna throw that in there we're gonna get rid of this but i'm also throwing in cinnamon i think i'm gonna throw in some sour cream <laughs> and then um, oops there goes the coriander like oops, that, that mustard <laughs> like it's just it got to a ridiculous point because even judy greer was stated saying quote i don't know why the movie got so fucked up i don't understand it i thought the script was fine honest to god i didn't get the big deal i don't know who kept making them fuck with it then we shot the movie for like seven years i think they said we had four (laughs) movies worth of footage it was fun but so weird i don't get it i couldn't figure it out unquote so everybody was fucking lost in this goddamn movie and it shows it It really shows on camera like (sighs) i don't know it's very thrown together. You can tell that nobody was on the same page. Mm-hmm. You can tell there was rewrites. It No, just no. Just no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. So before we break this motherfucker down even more and crumble it to pieces, quick word from our sponsors. So we open with Bowling for Soup. <laughs> I never thought I'd say that ever in my life. <laughs> <laughs> singing a very on-the-nose Red Riding Hood werewolf song on a seaside pier in Los Angeles. We have friends Jenny and Becky deciding to go get their fortunes told by Zella. I love seeing Portia de Rossi. I love her. I love her in Arrested Development. She's totally underutilized here, and I feel like she's just waiting for something to happen. Her character's just like, yeah, don't do that. Much like the audience. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. I just have to quick go back to Bowling for Soup. That's literally my notes, because I was like, what is this cast? And Bowling for Soup, I said, this movie <laughs> is a time capsule. Oh my god, it's so, like, 2003 to 2005 in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. The way they dress, because I have a lot to say about the way they dressed <laughs> fucking Christina Ritchie. It is a crime what they did to her in this movie. What? What's going on? Y'all, 
are going to jail. Zella tells their fortune and she tells them they're going to suffer a horrible fate. She's like, blood. All I see is blood. And she's like, ugh. And they don't believe her and they walk away disgusted. But it it just like cuts. I feel like we were supposed to get more information here because we also get that Jenny like likes this guy and whatevs, right? Right? Is yeah, it a weird opening was, for you? It was a weak opening to say it's the least. It's such a weak opening. Especially yeah. for like a Williamson script. And for a werewolf movie. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Like I you want to come out like a, maybe not with a bang, but you want to get people enticed. You want to get people a little taste. But I think he was trying to do like uh, give his like nod to the Wolfman because that's how the Wolfman, the original like 1930 whatever original mm-hmm. Universal movie, it involves like uh, you know a, a quote unquote gypsy and she does like tarot readings or something like that. So I think he was trying to like pay an homage. It didn't pay off. It didn't because it also didn't make sense because at one point like is it Jenny that goes away? Who's Maya's character again? Couldn't tell you. I couldn't fuck it. I'm just gonna call her Maya. Maya's character goes away and Jenny's like, what? And then there's a full moon and then it cuts. And then all of a sudden we meet Jimmy who's walking alone on Hollywood Boulevard, walking his fucking dog. And did I thought he was stalking the, the brook. I really thought like the whole dog situation and the way that he interacts with this girl was all set up. Like his character, Jimmy, reminds me of those really creeper stalker guys. And it's kind of <laughs> pushed forward as it goes on. Because he does not yeah. leave Brooke alone. No, he's a fucking creep. But when we get to meet with Jimmy, Brooke's working at on Hollywood Boulevard, which sounds like the worst fucking job on the planet. <laughs> Anyone who's lived in LA knows that you avoid Hollywood Boulevard. Especially during rush hour. Or anytime for that matter. Amen, see? But like... What 16-year-old is walking by himself on the Hollywood Boulevard? Like, how did you end up here? Was this at night? Yeah, it was at night, remember? Um, That's a dangerous place to be at nighttime. That's one thing I was like, I was like, oh, I used to ditch school and go to Hollywood Boulevard, but not at night. See, amen. See, like, no, that doesn't make sense to me. Because also while he's there, he runs into the fucking school bully played by... How do we say oh, Milo Ventimiglia, a.k.a. Jess from Gilmore Girls. A.k.a. AKA so and so one. From, uh, what's that show with Mandy Moore? This Is Us. <gasps> he is in This Is Us. And he's hot. He's hot. He's like, hot in this, too. He's very hot I would hot let him this. beat the shit out of me. I'd let him bash <laughs> me. You're so awful. God, talk about a complex of liking your fucking bully. But... <laughs> <laughs> Like, this is the weirdest interaction because Bo just, like, immediately goes in and Jimmy immediately calls him, literally, we're going to use the F word because they use it here, but immediately calls him, like, a fag. And he's like, is your dog gay, too? <laughs> Thank you. I, that's in my notes. I said, Milo Ventimiglia is a bully here, too, because he was, like, somewhat of a bully in Gilmore Girls. And then he calls the dog gay. First of all, don't assume a dog's uh, sexual <laughs> orientation. <laughs> That is disrespectful. It's this is so like early 2000s. I've talked about this before. The early 2000s were like wrought with like internalized homophobia jokes. Like it was such a big like thing to make fun and call people like faggots, queers, homos. Mm -hmm. Like it was a running joke. And this is super evident in here. And it always takes me back when Williamson is on the bill. Yeah, I know. Like, I don't know. What? Hence, hence, hence? Hillary <laughs> Duff's PSA. Oh my God. I'm going to add that snippet in here right <laughs> here. <laughs> Do you like this top? 
It's so gay. Really? Yeah, it's totally gay. You know, you really shouldn't say that. Say what? Well, say that something's gay when you mean it's bad. It's insulting. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Oh my God. Like Hillary Duff did not stop homophobia for this guys. Okay. Like it's just, <laughs> it's so odd and it's so stupid. Like it's so forced, but we, from here we get introduced to Ellie, Christina Ritchie, who plays an LA stereotype. Well, yes. Who plays an LA stereotype, but also like, who did she piss off in the wardrobe and hair department? <laughs> on this <laughs> movie. Bitch, they spent all the money on the special effects that they had no money for makeup, no money for hair, no money for they wardrobe. They went to JCPenney's and they said, get the worst They didn't even go to JCPenney's, bitch. Luster. They went to Wet Seal. Ew! <laughs> Ew! <laughs> no. No. But we get introduced to Ellie, who, yes, is like that stereotypical, like, LA, like, I'm important, I've got things to do. And she is on the phone we find out that jimmy's her brother which by the way also doesn't make sense you can tell that they got casted as two completely completely separate characters and were forced uh-huh. to play siblings because what in what universe does Are this work siblings? as siblings yeah no it doesn't it doesn't work but we get introduced to their dynamic and clearly ellie is too busy for jimmy and jimmy is like the side casted brother who ellie has no time for but she's on her way to go meet uh dawson's creek bay for life Joshua Jackson. Hey. Hey. He looks pretty good in this movie, too. Does Yeah, he does look fucking fine in this movie. I will admit that. But he's getting ready to open up his nightclub slash Hollywood museum. Horror wax museum. Slash horror memorabilia. Slash, like, total, like, on the nose, forcing to be, like, as, like, cool as possible. Like, he's working. I'm not going to lie. I would have been down. I know you would have been down. You're, you would have been, you would have had a snail trail from the entrance to the end the minute you walked into that place. Alcohol and horror, I'm 100% <laughs> in. So he's opening tinsel. How did you feel about this mechanic of like, we're ref, look, we're referencing all of these old school, like 19 you, original Universal movies. It was reaching, definitely Bitch, was, reaching. Yes, it was absolutely reaching. I don't know. I guess they were trying to make the character seem like hip and edgy. Like, oh, we're opening a nightclub. Da, 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 da. Yeah. She's a LA executive. She works on, you know, this hot show in LA. It's just, it's very reaching. Like, I don't understand why you try to set a werewolf story in LA. That's like the most, why? It, those two I don't like go together. Could've... I feel like, yeah, I disagree. I feel like in some way, shape or form, it could have worked. I Because Hollywood is synonymous, synonymous with like, wolves the wolves in the pack or like the wolves in hollywood who reach mm-hmm. after like all of these innocent actors and actresses i feel like if you played within that realm you probably could have had a really cool structured meta hollywood type bullshit but this bullshit feels like it's just like look 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 we're cool look we're hip oh my god but it's also so dated that it just doesn't fucking work yeah. it doesn't work that's true i guess i could have seen how that would have worked but it... They didn't, like, it was a definite missed opportunity. Oh, it was. Because I think what they built is neat. I think these sets are cool. I think it's rad. Other verbs and adjectives that I can use. <laughs> What's an adjective? <laughs> it's it's reaching, bitch. And it, is. it shows. 
It yes, it does. From here, Ellie picks up Jimmy, and Jimmy's having a hissy fit. And <laughs> did you catch the horrible acting when they're driving on Maholland Drive? Which I, your eye roll, <laughs> your eye roll says everything. I hate like how LA this movie strives to be, mm-hmm. and any. <sighs> It's frustrating. <laughs> it's frustrating because it just like perpetuates the stereotype of what LA, like people from LA are like. And I know that there are many things that I do are very stereotypical of like uh-huh. quote unquote Angelinos. But like everything, like all the references and all the like words that they're throwing out in this movie, it was just like, why are you trying to be so like LA native right now? It's it's so fucking forest. Their arms must have been hurting for how far they were reaching. For real. But they're driving and we get into an accident. But I laughed so hard because they're driving and they're talking. And then Jimmy just goes, hello. And then they, they, they twist and they turn. And then all of a sudden, poor Becky, I don't know how she survived. She tippy tumbles all the fucking way down Maholland Drive. And it... And Christina Ritchie's like, oh my God, should I get out? Do you think someone's hurt? Bitch, I'm surprised she's survived. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I, let me go back to Jesse Eisenberg really quick. I also wrote that in my notes. I'm like, why is he, why is he overacting? Everything was like the most and... Oh, I don't even think it was overacting. It was both overacting and underacting at the same time. It's just like... <laughs> it was Something like, only Jesse Eisenberg could do. Because it's just so like it's like he sang the lines enthusiastically, but not well. No, ma'am. So we get into the car accident. Becky fucking he's flipped upside down. Christina Richie tries to go save her. How did you feel about the set piece of the werewolf interaction and them trying to save Becky? Because from here, Becky gets attacked by the what we think is a wolf, but we know it's a fucking mm-hmm. werewolf, and gets dragged down to fucking Alice in Wonderland, and they get pulled along and get snatched in the sequence. I thought it was decent. I feel like there was more room for interpretation, but I felt like it was a decent way to one, kill off Shannon Elizabeth's character and Mm -hmm. two, to actually, no, we didn't get a glimpse of the werewolf, right? We got, guys, honestly, it's the shittiest little fucking hand puppet that like grabs her shoulder and pulls her through her, yeah, 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 yeah. and pulls her through her car because when her car is flipped upside down, they save her and they release her from there. And Mm -hmm. she actually gets a fucking good line in there. She was like, I really hope you guys have good insurance. And then she gets attacked. (laughs) See, like that little nugget is great. Like that little nugget is good. And then she gets dragged through and we get the weirdest, like, you know on Twilight when the vampires are like running through I the forest? I know exactly what you're talking about, <laughs> where it's like rushing through the wilderness and you're just getting flashes of like green and, and leaves and shit. It was very weird and it was a cheap way to be like, oh, they're rushing through the woes and we can't really afford these cool scenic shots. So we're just gonna, you know, push the camera through some bushes and boom, mm-hmm. we're there. So I need to ask, did you watch the unrated or the rated version? Because I think we'll know by the way Becky dies, because this is when we get our first death. Becky's body is thrown across when Christina Ritchie and Jesse Eisenberg escape, and it's literally her half torso, and she crawls for like two or three seconds, and then she's dead. Did you get that? No. No? What did you get? I don't even remember, to be honest. I know I didn't get that, because I would have remembered that. (laughs) Because 
it's in the unrated version and and he's like we're so proud of what we did we did fake intestines that we shot at one point and then did a green screen of her upper half of shannon elizabeth and it looks so fucking shitty oh my god it's really <laughs> bad but we get that death and from there we get like them saved by the by the police and we get a quick little cameo from future Ron Swanson on Parks and Recreation. Oh, who's yeah. One of the EMCs. EMCs? Paramedics? EMTs. EMT. EMTs. <laughs> so fucking but, stupid. Did, so there's a part in the script where the EMT describes and says, there's never been a werewolf, uh, there's never been a wolf sighting in Los Angeles for 70 years. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Well, fuck if I know, but why would an EMT know that? That's so oh, I stupid. Know. Because they like, try to dispute. Oh, the werewolf. There hasn't been a werewolf sighting here in the last seven years. Bitch, what are you, Wikipedia? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> why do you know that? Because they try to say, look, it's a mountain lion. Even though poor Shannon Elizabeth was ripped in half and brutally murdered. So it's just right. like, it. also the characters don't really react that they like witness all of this happen. Christina Ritchie is immediately like, whatever like go to your room like what eh. like it's just <laughs> they really don't like there's no sense of urgency they don't deal with it like even jesse eisenberg says something about it like the, that they weren't dealing with it and it, well it, it, it culminates into something much more exactly because after the accident they both get injured because of course they're going to be turning into werewolves in this movie because why not so we go to their house and it's very much very definitely a set the minute i saw that house i was like oh what is this universal or paramount let's find it <laughs> it's not realistic it's just not realistic but they both go to bed and the next morning ellie finds herself like okay so this is when we start getting like the evolution of like their werewolf stuff because jesse eisenberg wakes up in the bushes in the morning naked oh yeah uh -huh. which also which isn't explained like why did he do that i, I feel like it's probably from something cut it's it's exactly what that is because you know also <laughs> richie does like some karate kid let me grab oh, a fly, fly with my hand mm -hmm. so this is supposed to be showcasing that they're developing werewolf-like powers Ooh. Ooh. and we get that shot of jesse eisenberg's ass not okay jesse eisenberg's stunt double crawling up the side of the house to get back into a second story window you think he had a double for that i don't think he had a double i think he absolutely oh had for a climbing for up the side yeah 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 mm -hmm. right. because we um, see jesse eisenberg's like from his waist up and he's like oh i'm naked and he's not bad he's just a, like he's a skinny guy like i am but like the next shot of the stuntman going up is like this built like 40 year old <laughs> i wouldn't like, say he's built but he was definitely beefier yeah, because he had a nice ass. <laughs> but shout out to the production designer because I caught little nuggets in this house that I liked. Like there was a uh, red riding hood and werewolf uh, cuckoo clock that was foreshadowing. And there was also a distiller's poster in Jesse Eisenberg's room. Come through, Brody Dow. <laughs> we also get that weird like dream sequence of Christina Ritchie like dreaming that Joshua Jackson comes over because they've decided that we're going to go on a break because Joshua Jackson's like a player or whatever. And she bites his fucking neck because I know oh, in, yeah. in the unrated version, I don't think you see anything. No, in the rated version, you don't see anything. But in the unrated version, we get the worst CGI, his neck breaking off and like <laughs> spewing like CGI. CGI blood never works, people. CGI blood never works. 
No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, I'm glad I didn't have to see that then because that sounds awful. It was horrible because the next day they both go do their things. Ellie goes to work and all of a sudden everybody's like, oh my God, like you look so great. I'm like, all she did was put her hair down. She didn't even, she didn't even uh, this, brush it. She didn't even comb listen, it. Any sort of makeover, quote unquote, air, air quotes here, makeover that happens in in a film during this time period, like between like 2000 and 2005, it was always a taking off the glasses, letting down the hair. Very she's and, all that. And putting on like some lipstick maybe. See, but that doesn't even happen for Christina. Our, justice for Christina Ritchie in this movie because her character already wears drab, gross, black, bulky clothes that they put her in. And mm -hmm. those gross like early 2000s, like front, pizza toe, thin oh, heel. Oh, yeah. And like the shoulder bag and her like hair is up. And then the next day, the only difference is that she's wearing the same gross drabby outfit, but her hair's down. And that, like that. And they're all they're, like, oh, you're glowing. Oh my God. What did you, did go you to the do? Spa? It's, it's, I fucking hate it. I hate it. Because we also get the interaction of she starts smelling. Oh, we get introdu introduced to Joni. Hello, Joni. Mm, Thank you, Judy Greer. Mm -hmm. I love Judy Greer as the mean girl. She oh, was hilarious. She's so good as the mean girl. She's perfection as the mean girl. But we get interaction, and she's Scott Bayo's manager, and she's trying to get him on the, on the Late Late Show. Whatever, sure, why not? But the <laughs> most important part to, to gather from all this is that Ellie sniffs out her coworkers' disgusting blood like her nose bleeding. It's mm -hmm. so wild because her coworkers like, oh, I get these. Bitch, someone socked you in the nose. Like there is a fountain <laughs> of blood coming <laughs> off of you right now. Who hit you? Was it Karen <laughs> from finance again? Finish her. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's just intense. So we got to a party, which is also like a PETA, animal, crazy party. It doesn't make sense. None of it's explained. Does anything in this movie make sense? We get to this party where essentially Ellie is supposed to woo Scott Bayo, And when she does, he like tries to hit on her to get her to get on the fucking show. But we mm -hmm. also get another interaction where Jake just shows up to the party. And who also shows up is Jenny who comes to the party, which doesn't make sense. Like, how did she get here? What happens? And she also doesn't. Oh, not Jenny. Maya's character. I'm just going to call her Maya. Maya's character comes <laughs> to the party. And she doesn't acknowledge that. Her friend died literally the night before because she's just, she's trying to flirt with Jake and that makes Ellie upset. It doesn't make, this is clearly something that was cut from something earlier, added it in here to try and put this together because none of it makes sense. It really doesn't. This movie was literally being written as it was being shot and there was multiple reshoots and all that jazz. So <laughs> you really have to like string things together to try and create some sort of storyline here which showcases that because Maya's character was literally nothing and now she's involved and this is where we get kind of the famous elevator scene with the werewolf because why would her character be her why would she be at the party it's just one of those things where it's just like we hired this actress we gotta get put her in this shit Maya does well <laughs> I don't think she does bad I think she's a pretty good uh what's the word I'm looking for Screen queen, I guess, kind of. What did you think of she, the elevator sequence? She was to the caliber of the rest of the cast. I will say <laughs> that. Let me ask you a very fair question. What do you do successfully? 
quickly. The garage sequence with like our first real interaction with the werewolf. What did you think about it? I thought it was underwhelming. I'm Wasn't not a it? fan of CGI shit, and it was it was all CGI. Mm-hmm. We get a somewhat decent okay like chasing in the garage and Maya runs for her life and it culminates to her like getting stuck in an elevator and the werewolf attacking her and she's murdered which we also don't really get a catharsis because you don't really care about her character like I don't, I don't know why she's here no there was no character development there was nothing to make you sympathize for her mm-hmm. it was essentially just a throwaway character essentially and she's done she's outed so we then start interacting more with Jimmy who does like research on werewolves and I love I love Anytime a character does research on the internet during like the early 2000s. I love it. I thank you for bringing it up. Yes. It's like, let's, how are we Google, but not Google? Yes. That's exactly what I wrote in my notes. I'm like, love, love, love the pre-Google search sites. It's just, it's ridiculous. So he keeps researching and this is cause, causes conflict with Ellie because she doesn't believe mm-hmm. that uh, werewolf th- things are happening. What? Right, she doesn't believe in werewolves, even though they're clearly showing symptoms of being a werewolf. But, right? She's like, oh, I'm going to touch this Tiffany's frame that's sterling silver, and I shouldn't burn. And once she touches it and she doesn't burn, she like, is that is that the movie's way of expecting me to believe that, oh, they're not werewolves? Okay. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> it's so odd. So it causes more conflict, but Jimmy starts showing that he's becoming like, stronger and more aggressive he starts like interacting more with Bo and standing up to him and Mm -hmm. it culminates to him straightening his hair in really fucking gross way when he like i'm gonna call it his evolving into like his alpha male form is him just like putting on a blue sweater with nicer jeans and then straightening sections of his hair and then gelling it out the styling of this movie is disgusting this guy the styling of this movie is disgusting it is a crime. It is a it is a crime. It is a hate crime. I don't even remember that, to be honest. I think I mentally blocked that part of the movie out of my mind. Because it's don't, so goddamn offensive. I don't blame you. But his interactions with Bo turns into Bo trying to get him to join the wrestling team just to try and make fun of him. Because Jimmy is moving in on Bo's beard, essentially, Brooke. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. So Shane! We get- <laughs> So we get the weirdest like wrestling section of like wire work and supposedly Jin Jesse Eisenberg like beating all of these bullies at the gayest sport wrestling. Uh-huh. And possibly the hottest sport. I mean, amen, because we do get really <laughs> nice shots of Bo like when he's trying to get Jesse Eisenberg. But we get probably the worst line in this horribly written movie is when Jesse Eisenberg finally wrestles with Bo and he lifts him up in the air and he's like, you know what the best thing about being a fairy is? We fly. And then he like slams him into the ground. What kind of Mortal Kombat one-liner bullshit is this? That was an awful, awful line. It was cheesy. It was not worth the like uh homophobia undertones i no it it didn't pay off it wasn't it didn't pay off because jimmy essentially lets bo know you're repressing you're a homo and like we're supposed to leave it at that cool so we go meet up with ellie who's at work who meets zella and zella's like you're a werewolf get out of there because they also (laughs) mention (laughs) you're in danger girl because apparently everyone who's a werewolf has the same five points on their hand and i found it so fucking funny when jesse eisenberg's like 
I need to trace this to be sure. Like you really couldn't tell that there was five. <laughs> he had to take out his magic marker and uh, draw a pentagram on the palm of his fist, which was also, uh, I believe, something from the original, like I believe so, Universal classic uh, movie. But it's so forced and it's so stupid because when they reveal it, it's so obvious because at one point they're talking about it and Jimmy's like, we ha- we're we cursed. Look at, we say cursed like 17,000 times in this movie. We're cursed. Oh, like, look they look said at our hand. Right? And then Christina's Rich- Richie like puts her hands up and is like, no. And then <gasps> look, she's got the mark. It's <gasps> Oh my God. She's got the mark of the beast. It's so... <sighs> Moving on, I've already said it. Ellie goes to work and she gets warned by Zella that like, you're you're a fucking werewolf girl. But we also get the funniest sequence in my opinion, just because Ellie does a shift at the late show and she has a weird interaction where she sucks on Craig Kilborn's <gasps> finger because it's bleeding. Uh-huh. And it's the weirdest moment. It is so <laughs> odd and out of place in this out of place already odd movie. It made me uncomfortable. I feel uncomfortable right now. <laughs> I was so uncomfortable when that happened. It's no. so weird. It's so yeah. weird. And it's out of place. But from there, it like shows that she becomes a werewolf. And we get the funniest fucking moment. And one of the funniest fucking moments. Because my favorite part is at the end. But we get the funniest fucking sequence where her coworker runs in on her while she's in the bathroom. Like transforming. <laughs> <laughs> And her coworker is, she's like, hey, Ellie, you okay? Ellie's like, I'm fine. Leave me alone. So this goes over and she starts pushing on the door. You okay? It's very scream three. You okay? And then the girl's head falls off, but she keeps like pressuring. (laughs) She's like, you okay? And Ellie's like, leave me alone. You okay? And she pushes the door open more. And then we get... What do you describe the special effects that are Christina Ritchie's face when she reveals herself behind the bathroom door? <clears throat> garbage. <laughs> oh, mama, this is garbage. This is garbage <laughs> they're terrible. It's Much so like bad. all the rest of the visual effects in this movie, they're god awful. Yeah. And not awful for being 2003, awful across the board. Period. Period T, Tina. It's, 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 it's just weird. So Ellie's fucking transforming in the bathroom, scaring off her coworkers because she's gripping doors too hard, causing herself <laughs> to bleed. Sure, why not? Jimmy's back at home and he <laughs> touches one of the ceiling silver knives that like cake slicer thing. What is that? Oh uh, yeah. What? Uh, what uh, I know what you're talking about. It's that little triangular thing they just, they use. I don't know, a cake server? Fuck if I know. Sure, why not? He touches it and he burns. He's like, oh my God, I am a werewolf. And Zipper, his dog, which by the way, they do get attacked by the werewolf. I have to mention Jesse Eisenberg's amazing acting because when they do get attacked, Zipper's in the car, his dog, and he tries to approach Zipper and Zipper bites him. And he's like, oh, yeah. hey, hey, don't do that. Don't bite. Calm down. Calm down. Pretty much the same thing here because Zipper, because he bit Jimmy, transforms into this weird fucking monster thing and goes on a rampage because dogs can be werewolves too. Oh, that's right. That's right. You blocked it out, huh? It was a storyline that we didn't need. We didn't need. No, not the doggy. (laughs) Well, all it does is it forces Jimmy out and involves Bo, who Bo 
comes to his house and reveals to Jimmy, you know, it takes one to know one. And <laughs> Literally, it was what it said in the script. His his line was, it, I believe it was, well, it takes one to know one, you know, like, that's why you're one too. And he goes in for a kiss and he's like, no, no, it's okay. You don't have to hide it anymore. It's okay. We're gay. <laughs> and and I, I have so like, many problems. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. I, I, you suck mine. <laughs> you suck, no, 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 no. You suck my dick. It's just, uh, it's so, how did you feel about this quote unquote reveal? I, I was pretty gagged. And honestly, I didn't expect for them to make, uh, my Lemon to make me also queer. Uh, and I thought this, this is like one of the few redeem. No, nah, I wouldn't even say redeeming qualities of the movie. I'm just going to say, um, entertaining moments of this movie entertaining movies was this gay storyline which was great slash hot because i think milo ventimiglia is hot uh, i would have been so down i've been like oh come on <laughs> bite me Zen. it was oh, yes, daddy. not something i was expecting it's something i thought was kind of hilarious and then jesse eisenberg was just like no no you're not gay like it's my pheromones you're just attracted to my pheromones not only that my favorite part is where jimmy's like no 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 like i'm a i'm a werewolf i'm a monster and bo's like i know it feels like that but like <laughs> you, you, you gotta just accept it but i have a problem yeah. with it because i don't mind that bo comes out as gay that that's fine whatever like we're gonna make that as an excuse for all of our homophobic jokes earlier in the movie. Sure, if that's how you're going to backtrack, go off. My mm -hmm. problem with it is that if this were to happen in a real life situation, yes, he's hot and I probably would have thought about it. But bitch, you bullied me nonstop and now that you think, oh, I'm gay, you're gay, this is fine, I would have had the biggest problem. And that's my biggest problem with this script is that even if Jimmy was supposed to be gay, we're just supposed to believe that like they would have been ended up together. And I think that would have been a more interesting storyline if we went down that that vein. But like, ugh, I have a problem with it. it. I guess that's just my own bully trauma, whatever. No, you totally have a valid point, but I... <laughs> This was the least of this movie's slash Problem. problems. So <laughs> I'm totally fine with this moment. <sighs> but somehow, well, Bo sees the dog freaking out and Bo believes that Jimmy's a werewolf. And this all decides to lean into where Ellie has deduced that Jake is a werewolf because he confirms it. He approaches her at the her car and he breaks her windshield, shows that he's the mark of the beast. It's just, uh -huh. it's a lot. She drives off. And he reveals that he didn't attack her and that he's like a natural born werewolf and he can control his transformation. Yeah, something along those lines. Sure, why not? But Jimmy thinks that Ellie's at Tinsel, which is having its premiere. So there's this big bash going on. So everybody just essentially meets at Tinsel. This is where our original supposed to be grand finale. Mm-hmm. An altercation happens, everybody freaks out, a werewolf attacks, and everybody evacuates, leaving only Ellie, Jimmy, Bo, and every, like, main plot characters inside of this area where we face off. And Bo eventually gets fucked up and sideswiped, where it's just Jimmy and Ellie, and it is revealed... <gasps> the werewolf Ooh. all along was Judy Greer. Bum, bum, bum. I was gagged. I was actually gagged. I, was, I, I love this. I was half gag slashed half saw it coming, but I still like, loved it nonetheless. Yeah, so this it's supposed to be like a fourth werewolf that's involved. She's apparently cursed by having a one night stand with Jake, and she thought he was the one. So what does she do? She becomes crazy because she's a werewolf, and no one can have Jake. So she's the one that killed Jenny and Maya, because I can't remember Maya's character name. 
<laughs> and I like Judy Greer in this movie because Judy Greer is the only fucking person in this movie who knows what movie she's in. She's the <laughs> campiest best villain because we this turns into Ellie and Jenny, Ellie and Judy Greer having a fight in like the diva room, which I thought was cute. I thought it was an adorable set piece of all of these like past divas in like TV and oh, history. Mm-hmm. And Judy Greer ends up taking this like gorge purple like villain robe and she monologues of course because who doesn't monologue (laughs) who doesn't love a good monologue but jake offers to like let himself be killed for joni to protect ellie and she refuses this of course and she ends up knocking him out and she turns back into a werewolf trying to attack everybody they all fight back and of course the police arrive and we get the best part of the whole fucking movie because judy (laughs) career disappears the police rush in and they're trying to find her and how does how do we draw out Drudy Greer? Because the police are asking, "What is it? What is this? What, what is this thing? What does it look like?" And they're trying to describe her. And this, I feel like, was probably in Williamson's original script because this part's fucking hilarious. Absolutely, this has Kevin Williamson written all over it. And when I saw this moment happen, I was truly gagged because I've seen this meme, I've seen this GIF swirling around the internet for years now i had no idea what it was from and so when i saw this moment in the movie i just i I laughed so fucking hard it's so fucking good because so ellie draws her out by them describing judy she's six foot she's skinny she's white well like how does that help she's like well ellie draws her out by essentially saying that she's got a bony ass and we get the werewolf breaking in through the window screaming liar (laughs) And flipping her off. <laughs> it is the best <gasps> thing. It was it the, f- the funniest thing and probably the only like nugget of goodness that I could find in this movie. It's the only redeeming quality. Judy Greer, supposedly this fucking werewolf in this shitty outfit, breaking out, screaming, liar, fl- giving you the fucking bird. And so the cops, did you catch it? The cops start firing at her and she just goes, shit. Like Scooby <laughs> fucking do, like, <laughs> uh, like you said, Judy Greer knew what kind of movie she was oh, in, and she absolutely did. That's why she was the like redeeming quality of this movie. But the police end up shooting her, and we get another fake out. It's a Williamson script. She rises, they shoot her in the head, and she's dead because they connected the head and the heart, which is apparently the only way you can kill a werewolf. But they all leave. Bo is fine, everybody. Don't worry. The homo makes it out of this one. But Jake has unfortunately disappeared. And Jimmy and Ellie are like, oh, my God. We survived. We should be fine. Like, everything should be over. And they go home. But wait! There's more! Of course it's not over. Because Weinstein wanted to, to have a final ending. And this is where things end. And it doesn't make sense. Because Jake arrives. And he reveals... He ended up cur- cur- cursing Joni... And the only way to cure it is by killing him. But he wants to kill Jimmy so that he can be with Ellie forever because Jimmy is going to be an alpha. And it turns into this long drawn out fight where they do end up killing him. This ending sucks. It it was horrible. It I sucks so hard. I was ready for the movie to be end to mm-hmm. end at Tinsel. And mm-hmm. literally me and Richard started getting it from the couch. Or sorry, I watched it alone. I started getting it from the couch. And then it kept going. I was like, oh, oh it's not uh, done. And then, so it kept going and we got this. Horrible special effects. Weirdly, why is Jimmy on the ceiling with his nails? 
Ellie's fighting back. It's just, it's a lot. You can tell they tacked this on last minute. You could definitely tell because Christina Richie's Richie's wig is horrendous. It is so bad. (laughs) Wig, okay. Wig, did you just say wig? Yes. I know, wig. I feel that already. uh, Well, they end up killing Jake by... I'm sure you didn't get this. They end up killing Jake by taking a shovel, severing off his head, and then dismembering it and he bursts into flames and his head rolls and we do get like a pretty solid like pretty neat ending and we get some squishy sounds but we kill him and everyone's back to normal we kill the alpha the original Mm -hmm. cursed who cursed us the kirsty is no longer cursed (laughs) and the dog comes back and the dog comes back and everything's magically fine and then we get the fucking stupidest tail ending of Brooke being like oh my god here's your dog let's kiss and everything's back to normal and Ellie's like I'll just clean up the house and that's it that is where we end wig okay what boo (laughs) like what it was terrible it was was awful It it was a bumpy ride through and through and it didn't pay off I'm leaving at this to the tail end because we've concluded our film and I want to know your final thoughts on this. I know you don't like this movie. I, it's very, a lot of people don't like this movie. This movie, however, for me is very significant because this came out 2005. I picked it up. I want to see 2007, 2008. The gay storyline is what brought me in and I've watched this movie a lot, a lot, a lot to a point where I'm not happy about it. But just because there's something about this movie I wish we can get a Craven cut. There's something about this movie that, like, the imprint that's there, you could tell. This could have been something really fucking cool. Could have been something really fucking fun. A Williamson script, Craven, Christina Ritchie. Sure, why not Jesse Eisenberg? Skeet Ulrich originally. <laughs> like, this would have been fucking sick. And there's nuggets in there that are funny. There's nuggets in there that are that are interesting and somewhat of a cool take. But you, this was fucking cut to hell. And I wanted to talk about it because it's important with just gay representation in cinema. This is unfortunately what we have <laughs> at, at, yeah. at this time period for gay representation. How do you feel about that? It's very telling of what disadvantaged, you know, groups of people, like how they're represented in the media. You know, we don't get much say in how we're portrayed in movies or film or TV mm-hmm. or whatever the case is. So. Unfortunately, we're reduced to a stereotype in this case, mm-hmm. just like we are most of the times. But this is just another another one to add to the list, I feel like, because there are right? plenty of movies out there that just go with the typical stereotype. And granted, this try to go a little deeper with this like repressed homophobia on Milo Ventimiglia's character. But I, I would not. Well. Con- it wasn't. It wasn't. Well. And I would not consider this. Like, I mean, I get why you grasped onto this for mm-hmm. some sort of representation because that's all you had at the time. But in my opinion, this is not representative of us at all. It's not. It's not a good representation because 2005, we're still saying things are gay if they're not cool, if they're not good. Ugh, that's so mm-hmm. gay. I, re- I fully distinctly remember that. And that's what kept me in the closet for a really long time. Well, my version of the closet, like it was see-through and pink, but like I was still <laughs> in the closet. <laughs> and this movie, <clears throat> yes, I did grasp for it because it is some sort of representation. But looking on it now, it makes me mad. It makes me really upset because this could have been something interesting. 
But yeah. having someone who's repressed, who's mean, who is supposed to be redeemed at the end just because they're gay doesn't redeem the character. They're still a fucking asshole at the end yeah. of the day. And I wish maybe Williamson script had Bo originally and he was developed in a different way because I want to see Williamson write nice gay characters because the gay characters that we have had, we've been a bunch of a joke in Scream. We have been referred to as a pansy ass mama's boy. Hello. So it's just like, like I would like to see better representation from someone that I really admire in their scripts. And it sucks to see what it was reduced down to because this is, this, this was the film that never could. It never stood <laughs> a chance. It, it never, never should have. <laughs> Yeah, no, but I feel you. Like, two legendary names like Kevin Williamson and Wes Craven, this could have been something amazing, and unfortunately it wasn't. (sighs) R.I.P. Craven, I wish we could have seen what we could have, what we could have had, because this was, this was, this felt right, but then, of course, the Weinsteins fucking assholes had to come in and fuck it up, like they usually did. As usual. Green 3, we're looking at you. Final verdict. What are you rating this cursed, cursed film, Cursey? I gave this movie a one out of five. Wow. That is your lowest rating. Damn. Yeah. I Double homicide. Really did. Shut <laughs> up. Stop saying that. I really did not enjoy this movie. Um, I found very few redeeming qualities about this movie. And if, woo, no. If you would have, if I would have watched this blindly, and you had not told me that this was uh, Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson, you wouldn't would have not have believed you. <clears throat> wouldn't have known. I can agree. I can agree with the one point five, one out of five. For me, I'm gonna bump it ever so slightly to a two out of five, just because there. This movie unfortunately holds a spot in my heart, and. I think we should talk about this movie. I think it is important to talk about these movies. I think as film nerds, this is one of those things that like, how did this happen? Who would let this happen? I can't believe that this happened. And it's fascinating. Most people, I talked about this with John last night. I was like, people are into true crimes. I am too. This is a crime. This is a crime that happened. (laughs) And and someone needs to document it. (laughs) This is stupid. (laughs) <laughs> this, this was a crime. This was a crime against the gay community. This was a crime against the horror community. This is a crime against my eyes. So I agree. I loved it. I loved talking about this. I'm so happy we got to talk about this. I well, that makes it. one of us. I got to mark down, mark down two bad movies that I love to talk about. Blair Witch 2, which was a fucking wild ride to talk about. And this one. its It's been a great wild ride. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. I'll be here till Thursday. I hope people enjoy it. Because it is, it's its one of those, like, what's, it, what's the word I'm looking for? It's one of those urban legends within the horror community of, like, the wildest shit that happened to really well-known juggernauts. This is true. It was definitely a box office bomb for both of them. Absolutely. But we're not going to be talking about box office bombs. We're going to be moving on to some very pleasant, very motherly movies next month. We're going to be starting our themed months. Ray, what are we doing next month? Ooh, well, for next month, the month of May, the month of mothers, 
we have a very special Mother's Day plan for next month. So kicking off the month, starting off with the bang, is Ari Aster's 2018 banger, Hereditary. Oh, you want to talk about mothers. <laughs> she wants to talk about mothers. I'm Ugh. so fucking thrilled. I'm so fucking thrilled. So see, guys, I give you some sh weird, wild, bad movie history, and we're going to follow it up with an excellent, excellent, excellent horror movie from 2018. That's assuming that our listener made it through the entire episode to get to the end to hear what we're doing next week. Hey, it's all about the thrill. It's all about the payoff, <laughs> sweetie. If you'd like to keep up with us, follow us on Instagram at the Carpenter Queens. Follow us on Twitter at Carpenter Queens. Please rate, review, subscribe. Please, comments and ratings really help us out getting our names out there. So we'd really appreciate it. My personal account is Nicholas Alexander Photography. My personal account is at STFU Ray. And I hope everybody had a wild time. Cursed, cursed. And that wraps up this week's episode. Thank <laughs> you for bearing with us on this horrible movie. <laughs> but we will catch you on time. the flip side, guys. Bye, 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 bye. bye, 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 bye. bye, bye.